This is Michael Easley in context. Here's a peek at what Michael will be talking about today. Hey, this is JT Olson. I'm the founder of Both Hands Foundation. The video you're about to watch here is a fundraiser. It's the Both Hands Vision Project in memory of Ty Osmond too. In memory of our good friend Ty Osmond, we lost a little over two years ago. It's a fundraiser. We're working on Mary Brown's house and I think what you're about to see is going to amaze you because it's been an amazing day with an amazing team. Enjoy it. My wife and I and whole family are just super honored to be a part of both hands and to the fact that you guys would choose to name this day in honor of our son is uh, especially meaningful. So we're grateful for both hands and for all the good work they do and for allowing us to be a part of it. Thank you very much. And now your host, Dr. Michael Easley. In studio today, we're talking to J.T. Olson. What Do you tell people what the J and T stand for? Uh, most of the time, no. Okay, uh, I understand that. <laughs> it's a nickname from high school. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stay away from that. JT is the founder and executive director of Both Hands Organization. Now, you were previously the president of a search firm called Haystack Associates Incorporated for 10 years? Yeah, yeah. But before that, for 20... 23 years, I worked with a company out of Nashville called the Southwestern Company. Now, for those who don't know, obviously, if you're in Middle Tennessee, you know what that is. But if you don't know, tell people what the Southwestern Company is. Well, uh, it's a company. They work with college students that sell books door to door in the summertime. And um, that's what I did all the way through college. In fact, when I was a freshman at the University of Wisconsin in Madison, uh, my first summer available, I sold books. And I ended up doing it all the way through college. That's how I paid for college. And when college was over, I had a chance to go on full time with them and uh, it turned into a pretty fun career. Um, it, it meant so much to me. It's a huge part of the program because it took me from a life where my life was headed as a freshman in college. It impacted me in tremendous ways. I found Christ there. The senior vice president of the company led me to Christ. And um, it changed the trajectory of my life. Now, being in Tennessee now for about six years, I've got to meet a lot of former Southwestern folks. And it's an extraordinary experience. I mean, you guys, uh, the training, I mean, there, there's a, a cloth, a caliber of people that come out of that. Yeah, it's pretty, it's it's first class training. I Remarkable. Mean, when you go out and do that for a summer, you don't come back the same person. You're a little more polished. And if you do it for four or five summers, you, you learn something. You're a little bit further ahead than most. What's the percentage of knocking on doors, slamming your face versus ones that you get past and talk to for a little bit? Ah, uh, gee whiz, that's a that's been a while. I, I <laughs> it depends on my, one? my well, no, my first summer I was knocking on doors in Los Angeles. I was 18 years old. I didn't know what I was doing. If I got in two or three doors a day, I was excited. You were happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, when those people come to my neighborhood with the lanyard around their thing, and they got, I just automatically say, "Hey, I'm not home." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, now your journey has been interesting. You so so you had the corporate side of things. You had a trajectory planned, and you're sitting at home. And when I first heard your story, JT, I thought, man, I identify. This kid is going to X Y Z global trip, a missions trip. These kids are raising money over here, raising money over there. 
oh, we got these people trying to adopt a child from Ethiopia, from from China, or whatever. And, and you're like me. You get these letters, and you can send them 25, 50, 100, mm-hmm. 300,000 bucks, whatever. But after a while, you get to the point where how in the world can we make this a little bit better? And that started <laughs> part of this for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, that started. I mean, it the the way it's the way it started, I mean, when I tell people what I do is I help families raise money for adoptions. We do it by working on a widow's house. Most of the time they look at me with that kind of glazed look in their eye like, yeah, okay, but you can tell they don't get it. So I always tell them how it started because that's the easiest way to understand it. I was basically doing a golf tournament for an organization here in Nashville uh, that worked with uh, women in crisis pregnancies, and my job was to kind of run the golf tournament and got a bunch of people excited about it. And so we all mailed letters out to people saying, would you sponsor me while I golf? I got a good friend of mine who I was in a Bible study with, sent my letter back to me, but he didn't send a check. Instead, he literally took a magic marker. He scribbled on my letter. He said, JT, if you told me you were working on a widow's house, I might sponsor you, but you're just golfing. Nice cause, but not my money. And it hurt a little bit. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I thought, wow, you know, and, but at the same time I thought, gee, that's a pretty good idea, Bingo. <laughs> you know, and I, and I, a couple days later, I called him back and we talked about it and laughed about it. And, and, but the idea never left me whenever I thought, whenever I saw a 5k or a golf tournament, which I think are great fundraisers, nothing against that. But whenever sure. I saw one going around, I kept asking myself if they were working on a widow's house, would that be more compelling? And it wasn't until I run into a good friend of mine, uh, at fellowship where I go to church and Don Meyer and I, he was one of my students back in the old Southwestern days. And um, uh, I ran to him and said, hey, what's up, Don? He said, well, I'm adopting four kids from Moldova. And I thought, wow, because at that point I'd already adopted. I knew it was going to be expensive. I said, do you know how much that's going to cost? He said, about 65000 mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, do you have any idea how you're going to pay for that? He said, no. And I said, I think I got an idea. And so long story short, we got together the next Saturday we got about 13 guys. We all we came up with a letter. We all mailed this letter out to people saying, would you sponsor me while I work in this widow's house? I went to Nashville here, found a widow that needed help, got supplies donated by local merchants who liked the idea. We spent the day working on Miss Lucille's house. And when it was all over, we had raised $55,000. Mm-hmm. Blew me away. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it had been 5000 I was, you know, okay. Yeah, happy. Mm-hmm. 55000 that's literally like God getting my attention saying, <clears throat> JT, widows and orphans, ring a bell? Mm. <laughs> Somewhere it says. Yeah. And uh, it was just, it was just amazing to me. And then about six months later, another friend of mine came up to me, another friend from Southwestern had come up to me and said, I heard you do with Don, would you help me? I said, sure, let's do it again. So about a year after we did Don's, we did um, Bill's and Lisa's and, and, you know, they need to raise about thirteen thousand, and we raised twelve. And when it was over that night, I went out to eat with my wife, and we were having dinner. And I was telling her about the project. And at one point, she looked at me and she said, "You are positively a glow." And mm. I said, "Yeah, this gives me life because mm. it gave me life." Mm-hmm. Honestly, it reminded me of the, what I felt when I was a sales manager Southwestern when what, I had an impact. What year was this <laughs> when you and Sarah having dinner? Uh, March of 2008 2008 okay mm-hmm. we had done the project don's earlier in march mm-hmm. of 2007 mm-hmm. we just finished that one mm-hmm. and again if if they're just now hearing this concept instead of raising support by playing golf or sending out a bunch of letters 
Uh, so I would send out, let's say, 100 letters to friends, and I'm telling them what? Telling them, hey, I'm working on a widow's house. Would you consider sponsoring me for the day while I work on this widow's house? 100% of the money that you send in to sponsor me will go towards the cost of this adoption for a friend of mine. So 100% of it goes. We're here today to both love and serve a widow named Sharon. And we're also here today to raise awareness for and support for uh, the adoption of our son, Saj, who is right now in the Democratic Republic of Congo. We've wanted to adopt for a long time, and I feel like it's just been small steps of God just opening doors and leading us that direction. We love that verse in James that talks about caring for the widow and the orphan, and when we came across the Both Hands Project, we just felt like it was perfect. One of the things that we're super excited about is to bring Sajess not just into our family, but into this community and this church of people who would come out and do something like this today. We just have been so blessed to get to be a part of it, and we're so excited to introduce him to all of our friends and family in our church here in Fort Wayne. It's been amazing for us to see how these two stories have come together, the story of a widow who has experienced this tragedy with the loss of her son in the garage, and then with the loss of her husband, and then what she's walked through over the last couple of years, and then also the story of our son, who's right now uh, just waiting and waiting for a family and a church and a community to be a part of, and how these two stories have come together with both hands. I feel great. I can't imagine somebody coming and doing this for me. There was tons of people working in the front yard, digging up weeds, putting out mulch, fresh flowers, pulled weeds, pulled up landscaping, power wash the deck, painting the swing. Even children were doing this. And then to come out back, and there's that many more people out here tearing apart the broken porch, pulling stuff out the driveway. This driveway was full of stuff that was in this garage. This is my brother's that we never had the nerve to do yet. And they brought it to us so we could. So JT, we've just heard and uh, not seen some images mm -hmm. from one of these projects. Uh, you gather these folks together. It, it's almost like the uh, build a house in a day project, right? Yeah. You go in like bit. locusts well. and you do everything. <laughs> well, we, we are, you know, teams will do everything. I mean, they can. Uh, it, you, if you look at any videos, if you go to YouTube and punch in Both Hands Project, you will see a score of, of videos come up. Some of them literally look like home makeover. And, I mean, and you would look at those, and if you're not careful, you would let that intimidate you because you'd think, oh, my word, I can't, I can't build a new deck or I can't replace someone's kitchen cabinets. And you just have to remember, somebody, when you see a project like that, somebody on that team probably owned a construction company. Right. They, and, they know how to do X. And they were capable. Right. And but, they, you're, you know, you're talking labor now, and then you got the expertise you know, there. But that's not what I advise families to do. What mm -hmm. I advise families to do is I say keep it simple. Painting, cleaning, decluttering, and landscaping. Because if you think about it, that's inexpensive, and it's low skill level. I mean, I can do that. Mm -hmm. I can pull weeds, and I can... You know, and you do see that on some yeah. of the videos. You do yeah. see the the painting, the makeover, wire brushing some chairs yep. that have been uh, that are rusted, yeah. and painting them, and yeah. and cleaning up a, a yard that's been neglected for years. 
but it just really brings a new value to the widow's house. The neighbors love it. The widow loves it. Mm -hmm. It just makes her feel better about everything. She walks out and sees her. I just, it's awesome. Logistics. You've got to knock on a lot of doors and ask a lot of vendors and merchants and in mm -hmm. friendships and say, hey, I've got this project. Um, so I'm listening to your story going, hey, that sounds exciting. Where, how in the world would I get supplies? And now I'm starting to get overwhelmed and intimidated. Well, that's another reason why I tell people to keep it simple. The, the more simple the project is, the less supplies you have to get. I mean, paint you can get donated from almost any place, and especially if the widow is not picky about the color. I mean, there's, oh, paint, there's, yeah, there's hundreds paint of gallons all, in those places. Hundreds of yeah, gallons yeah. in the back rooms that people yeah, aren't using, right. left over from a job. Right. You know, um, or it's been mixed in the wrong color. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. We call that the oops. The oops. Uh, the oops mix. shelf. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, but uh, logistics. I mean, I, I tell families. I say, you know, you're gonna have to go face to face. Go to a go to your local Lowe's, Home Depot. You know those kind of stores, and and um, and tell them what you're doing, and it all depends on you know how they're feeling that day, how much money they've got, that kind of thing. But I coach families to do that. Though. 2008 was your second. Project? 2008 was our second project, March, April 2008. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so six fifty-five thousand on the first one, twelve thousand on the second one, and now your total since then has been. Well, we uh, since now, if you add those two, uh, since we add started, up. we've done 425 projects in 40 states. 425 projects. And we're right at about $4.8 million. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. What a story. Still glowing. <laughs> <laughs> it does make me glow. It lights me up. I just can't believe it. That it, it, What blows me away is that God could use a sinner like me mm. to do something like that. Yeah doesn't make sense to me yeah. <laughs> but i get to do it yeah oh it makes perfect sense to the rest of us watching you it makes perfect sense now this did not come at a small price you leave a very good income a very good life a very good job and you step out in faith mm -hmm. and sarah says honey i want you to do it but we're gonna have to change our life yeah I was the more the one that said, honey, I want to do it. She was saying, come on, are you sure some life insurance would be nice? <laughs> well, at that point, my wife was just, I mean, she was a unbelievable mate. And, and she said, you know, whatever you want to do, I'm going to be behind you 100%. She went to work. She was a homeschool mom, stay-at-home mom. Uh, we had five kids. and um, But she went to work at a local university, Belmont University, and she started working there. And, um, you know, I left the company that I had founded in uh, August of 08 and kind of jumped off this cliff. We had we had some wonderful things happen before we left that kind of gave us some real good encouragement. Some running room. Mm -hmm. Yes, and uh, um, and that's a good story right there. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, but eventually we got to the point where you know we were you know able to make things happen, and it's been a few years m making it that way, but we eventually got there but from a from a business model plan from your own background i mean how could you have envisioned on a business plan that in 2008 you'd had two projects done and 425 projects now what six years later yeah not even not even six years not even yeah six years. Well, about six years later yeah 
I, I, you know, I just, I guess I had faith and I just thought this thing works. It's a great idea. How can anyone resist it? And I just, what I think is, I personally think it's the most irresistible nonprofit that exists. I mean, a widow, an orphan is served. Even if families don't raise the kind of money they want to raise, they still get to spend the day serving the widow. <laughs> Talk about some of the widows, because when you watch these videos, oh. the widows are a wreck. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing when they first hear about it and and they just don't believe you at first. And sometimes you have to convince them, no, I'm serious. We're actually going to do this. And it's what's it going to cost me? And then she'll bring in their son or daughter. Well, what's it going to cost my mom? And and <laughs> say, nothing. This, here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. And explain it to them that we just we need a project and we want to you're a part of this project. And when a widow really grabs it, that she is part of the team. She's not a charity product. She's an important part of making this whole thing happen. When she gets that, all of a sudden the light goes on. She goes, okay. And it's really exciting to see, I think. And, and, but, boy, when you see them in the morning and they'll say they see 20, 30, sometimes 40 or 50 people come over to their house and they just keep coming. They keep coming. <laughs> and by 930, there's all these people there. And then by 2, 3 o'clock, you can literally see the difference that people have made. And that's when the, you see the will just start to – Oh, she just gets emotional, and she starts seeing it, and, and then it's just, she can't believe it. I just, that's been one of the joys. I mean, whenever I, whenever I watch one of the videos and they have an interview with the widow, that's when my allergies start acting you're, up, man. You're toast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're toast. Yeah. Uh, talk about um, the what I call imperceptible influence: the neighbors, people that watch it. Uh, yeah. Maybe even some of the people that volunteer to send support letters and work that day, they have no idea what they're in for. Oh, no. And it's just, and it's amazing because people will go by and, you know, we try to put a banner up at every project so people ha- know at least what Both Hands is and that it's a Both Hands project. But, um, yeah, the impact it has on the neighborhood and on the people who give their life away for that day. I, I have I've, – I've seen some people have said I've never done anything like this before and it was – I mean, they'll say things like, this was the best day of my life. I've, I've heard people say that because they, but they, what they get is they give the fact that inside all of us is this part of us, our heart that longs to give it away. Mm-hmm. And then when we give it away, something happens. All of a sudden you get like, wow, this was cool. And it's, it's better than a, a round of golf. Well, and <laughs> for a guy that doesn't play golf, that's not a problem. <laughs> but, you know, and, and as a pastor, um, the people that I deal with, the problems that I see, the, the broken lives, if they were to get out of themselves mm. and do something for someone else, you've seen it. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of maybe one of the reasons it becomes the best day or a great day or a phenomenal day yeah. because God uses them in a way they never thought possible to see a change they never thought possible. And you start to get perspective on, wow, look at my life. Yeah, I, I tell you, you know, I tell the families when they're putting together, because every project starts with an adoptive family who wants to adopt, and they're the ones who have to recruit the team. And I tell the family, I said, the work for you is going to be recruiting the team. The work for you and the team is going to be sending the letters out. But the actual day of the project, that's just fun. That's the gravy. That's the gravy. And I've been on so many projects. I've put projects together. I've run a lot of them. Every one of them, you just see people walking around smiling. And they're just smiling and they're working, they're (laughs) laughing. Everyone has a great time. And it's so much fun. All right, so um, someone's listening to you and me. There's a pastor, there's a church, there's a young couple, and they're trying to adopt, and they need twenty-five, fifty thousand dollars Step one. 
Well, step, contact both hands. <laughs> well, yeah, the first thing they have to do they gotta they have to go through the adoption process a little bit. They have to get to the point where their home study's done. Okay. Okay. Once their home study's done, then they can go online to you know bothhands.org, and uh, there's an application online. They fill it out. It's one of those long applications. It's like six or seven pages long, and um, any organization you work with is going to do something like that. But yeah, they. Uh, Run that off, fill out the copy, send it in to us, and you know we will. You evaluate it. We're going to evaluate it and get back to it. And them. then you're going to coach them on how to write the letters and how to. We will coach to... them through the whole process. Mm-hmm. I mean, once they're accepted, then I have an initial about a 30, 35 minute phone call with them where I talk to them about here's what you got to do, and that's when I talk about here's how you recruit a team, here's the things to look for, and, and you know, uh, working, trying to find a widow to work with, and I talk to them about some of the challenges that they're going to face and some of the things that some of their friends might say and I prepare them emotionally for those kind of things so they're they don't go into it blind and then every week my operations manager sends them uh, an attachment has all the details on it like for example one might be entitled things to keep in mind when visiting the widow Mm. one might be tips for the videographer one might be you know here's how to go get supplies and here's a letter you need to give them with our 501c3 number on it mm-hmm. so i mean mm-hmm. the whole way they're coached uh, and we got about a four page what i call the project manual but it's four pages um and it's really good because it's been honed for six years i mean it's right it's really good <laughs> and if, I, if you all you had the project manual and you never spoke to me again which i don't recommend but i mean you could pull off a great project with just our project manual now, you mentioned 501c3, so if uh, a couple is adopting um, and they're raising funds, you're telling me that's a tax-deductible contribution to both hands? Yes. If someone sends a check-in to both hands to sponsor them or the, one of their workers on their project, that's a taxable. So it, that's another win. It's another win. Because yeah. oftentimes when adoptive couples are raising money, you're just helping someone out. Right, right. So, again, we offer that for them, too. Fast forward a little bit. Have you seen any ongoing connections with the adoptive couple and the widow? Oh, yeah. Several. And some of them, it's like we get letters once in a while, and they'll talk about that. The families will talk about it. And the widow we serve, she's like a second grandmother now. Mm. And uh, we have one even here in Nashville that's local. It was just so cool. Uh, We were at a fundraiser, and we had them come speak, the adoptive couple and the widow they served. And the adoptive couple has a two-year-old child they brought back, and um, the widow is up there speaking, and this little girl, their daughter, comes running up and jumps in the arms of this widow's, and, I mean, they clearly knew each other, and they clearly, I mean, there was a relationship there. Wow. And it was really cool. There's another family in California who's done a project. Um, they went to Ethiopia, and um, when they came back, this the child that came back, literally, that... that that widow they served became that child's grandmother. And when they went back for their second child in Ethiopia, the grandma, that widow flew back with them. <laughs> I mean, there's so many things like that. And, you know, and, and uh, one of the moms that happened in Chattanooga, I, I never thought that, but she said yes. And we were talking, I was talking to the widow and during the project, this widow accepted Christ. She just never knew the story. And, Take us through that, because folks need to understand um, this is not just altruism. This isn't being a nice, kind person. There's something deep inside of JT and Sarah Olson and why you do this. Well, I mean, 
I, I, I do it because I think of the events in my life. I think this is what I was meant to do. And there's a long story. It's probably worth telling, you know, about how it all, all came to pass. But uh, I just, it's Hotel Earth. It's Hotel Earth. We're not here long. And I just, when Satan gets up in the morning with his little minions and he gets to my name on the list, I don't want him checking the box that says not a threat. I want him thinking he's up again. <laughs> and 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 not happy about it. And I just want to make a difference. It just we go through this life, you gotta do something. I just think that's the most important thing we can do is have an impact on people's lives. And what greater impact on help someone's life than to show them the love of Christ and to help them make a decision that, you know, this is how it happens. That's living. <laughs> that's that's living. <laughs> Well, we want you to join us next time for the second part of our broadcast with J.T. Olson. Until then, this is Michael Easley in Context. For more information, go to michaelincontext.com. Follow Michael on Twitter at Dr. Easley. Thank you for listening to Michael Easley in Context.